And now stay tuned for fascinating rhythms. lovers in Winnipeg and abroad. My name is Ray Alexander and for the next two weeks here on Friday from 6.30 to 8 p.m. which is normally free range I will be replacing Michael Alvis for just that period of time as as you know there's going to be a power outage in our building at the University of Manitoba on the weekends this weekend and also the weekend of February the 11th and therefore my regular show which comes on Sunday from 10 till noon will not be aired because of that so I'm filling in for Michael for the next two weeks and I hope that you enjoy a little different perspective on music of the improvisational nature and so I'd like you to sit back and relax for the next 90 minutes and enjoy some of my very favorite albums that influenced me to enter the jazz world once and for all are listening to CJUM 101.5 FM on your dial or channel 718 on the Bell TV network. Just before we commence with some of my favorite albums over the years, albums that hooked me onto jazz forever, and I hope you'll enjoy some of them as well. People have often have asked me in the past on my own show, are there words to that piece of music that you start your program with every, each and every week, Fascinating Rhythm? And I say to them, yes, very much so. In fact, it was written by 
one of the finest collaborations in the history of popular music. We're talking about George and Ira Gershwin. They were brothers, and George was the composer, and Ira usually provided some very appropriate lyrics to whatever George had in mind. And of course, George Gershwin dabbled in classical music as well. He wrote the famous piece of music called Rhapsody in Blue, which was presented at Carnegie Hall by the Paul Whiteman Orchestra back in the 30s, I believe, to be fairly accurate, or the late 20s, and started to put jazz on the map. Actually, it was probably closer to 1924 or so, about 100 years ago, in fact, and it gave jazz a a great deal of relevance. So I want you to hear the lyrics by one of my very favorite jazz singers, in in fact, probably my favorite female singer period of all time. We're talking about Ella Fitzgerald, and she made a series of albums in the 50s and early 60s honoring the great American popular songbook, which was comprised of songs by people like the Gershwins, Cole Porter, Irving Berlin, Rogers and Hart, Duke Ellington, and so on. I'm going to play the the song you just heard at a different temple with lyrics, and I hope you enjoy it. And then I'm going to follow it with a piece of music by one of my favorite jazz composers, band leaders, and alto saxophone players, Benny Carter, with a song called February Fiesta. I usually like to start every month with an appropriate song for the month, and sometimes it's not easy. You probably have never heard this song before, but you can count on Benny Carter if it doesn't exist out there, he'll write it. And that takes place in 1958. I'll be right back with Lady Ella. The pats through my brain So darn persistent The day isn't distant When it'll drive me insane Comes in the morning Without any warning And hangs around me all day I'll have to sneak up to it Someday and speak up to it I hope it listens when I say You've got me on the go, fascinating rhythm. I'm all a quiver. What a mess you're making. The neighbors want to know why I'm always shaking, just like a quiver. Picking on me 
swung did it not i was benny carter and his orchestra from 1958 and the album aspects wherein benny has either written a song about each month or he's drawn from the great american songbook and that was the case of the latter it was written by somebody with the last name of schaefer who's not that well known but certainly a, a great song and before that, we heard Fascinating Rhythm by Ella Fitzgerald from probably around the same period of time, around 57 to 58, uh, with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra, and the album is called Ella Sings the Gershwin Songbook. And we started the show, in case you're interested, with Guido Basso from Toronto. He's still alive, a wonderful trumpet player and, and flugelhorn player as well. That's more, a more mellow form of the cornet or trumpet and it usually has a beautiful, rich sound. And it was this orchestra from the CNE Stadium in Toronto back in the 70s doing fascinating rhythm, featuring a man who moved from England to Canada and became one of the world's greatest vibraphonists, a man by the name of Peter Appleyard. And if you just joined us, you're listening to Fascinating Rhythm with Ray Alexander in place of Michael Elvis, who is taking a couple of weeks off for good behavior. He has been working very hard doing recording sessions and inter and training volunteers and so on and so forth and he wanted a bit of a reprieve and I was happy to fill in and so th there's a second reason for it because on Sunday when I normally do my show every Sunday morning from 10 till noon on this station there will be a power outage we have some electricians working in the building and so some of our program will be off from about s well I think it actually starts on Saturday evening and continues until about noon on Sunday morning. And I'll be right back with some more great music. Just before I play the next piece of music, I just wanted to say that 
I've been involved in the jazz scene in Winnipeg and probably Canada for the better part of 40 years. I'm the co-founder of the Winnipeg Jazz Festival, and I've, I was actually here at when CJM first began in 1975. We were on the air for about five years, and then we were forced to go off the air because we didn't have enough money to continue, and this, I guess the students needed their money more for their academic studies than to, you know, help so support the station, and we had trouble finding sponsors and so on. So, we but we came back with a vengeance, I believe, around, well, I'm not even sure the year, actually. I wasn't here at the beginning of that, but I've been around for about 20, 23 years since we did come back on the air. And I also did some work at CKUW and and also Nostalgia Radio along the way. And I've helped to get many the local musicians' gigs around town at different places. And you're probably wondering, where can you hear this kind of music? Where can you go in Winnipeg to find jazz? And I'll just mention at this point, some of the places that I've frequented in the past have been at the Silver Heights Restaurant on West Portage Avenue on Saturday afternoons from about 2 to 5, or they may have changed it to 3 to 6. You'll have to call them and find out. And often Bill McMahon and Steve Hamilton were in charge of that. Two longtime local musicians often bring in some of the students from the University of Manitoba Faculty of Jazz program to jam with them. And also the Inn at the Forks has jazz every Wednesday evening from about 6 to 9. And so does the Fort Gary Hotel on Sunday evenings. And there's a lot of things. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little list of some of the things coming up with Jazz Winnipeg. They have an affiliation with the Fort Gary Hotel. And then part of the year, the Resto Gare restaurant on, in St. Boniface has jazz on Thursday evenings to go with your supper that they create. And then, of course, there's concerts coming to Winnipeg periodically. Like, for example... Around April the 4th, if you want to check with the club regent schedule, they bring in sometimes people like Matt Dusk. I went to see him last year when he did a wonderful tribute to Frank Sinatra, and this year he's coming back to do a tribute to my hero who passed away in December, Tony Bennett. So that should be a good one. I think they're calling it the, the best things are yet to come. And we'll be right back with some more music. In fact, I'm going to play in each half-hour segment, as Michael does, a new recording. And this is one that came my way late last year. It was done by a fellow who lives in Chicago. His name is Paul Mary Anero. And he's got a terrific band with him, which he calls the Metropolitan Jazz Octet. And the album that you may be very interested in because I know you people are very eclectic who listen to Free Range every Friday evening. The album is called The Bowie Project. I want you to listen to what a jazz entity does with a rock staple called Let's Dance.
Let's dance Put on your red shoes And dance the blues Let's dance To the song they're playing On the radio Let's sway While color lights up your face Let's sway Sway through the crowd To an empty space If you say run I will run with you And if you say hide We will hide Because my love for you Would break my heart in two If you should fall into my arms And tremble like a should fall Let's dance For fear tonight is all Let's sway You can look into my eyes Let's sway Under the moonlight Serious moonlight If you say run I will run with you If you say hide We will hide to my arms and tremble like a flower Let's dance Put on your red shoes and dance the Dance. 
shoes and dance the blues Let's dance under the moonlight Mysterious moonlight Put on your red shoes And dance the blues Let's dance Once again, that was Paul Mariano with the Metropolitan Jazz Octet doing of David Bowie's standard called Let's Dance from the album The Bowie Project. And jazz musicians do resort to the, the great American rock and British, uh, British and American songbook from time to time when their wells are running dry, when they're not creating new music or they think that many of the songs by some of the great American composers like Duke Ellington and Cole Porter have been played too often and they can't really do much more interesting with them. But here's another good example. This was one of my five or ten favorite albums for 2023. One of the very best jazz pianists in the business is a fellow by the name of Brad Muldow. And he, um, as many jazz musicians over time, from Count Basie to George Benson, have covered Beatles songs with entire albums. Sarah Vaughan did it as well, vocally, and there's been a few others. And the album is called Brad Muldow Plays the Beatles. I'm going to play one of their songs, maybe a little lesser one, but you should know it if you're a Beatle fan. It's called For No One, and I love the way he approaches it. It's almost of a, a classical jazz nature. but And then after this, I'm going to show you how a very, very famous rock, pop, sometimes jazzy group does a Duke Ellington standard. In fact, it was Duke Ellington, the great jazz composer's first theme song, a tune called East St. Louis Toodaloo. And you're going to hear what uh, probably one of your favorite bands if you are a fan of music from the 70s and 80s in rock music, but I'm not going to tell you who they are. I'm going to want you to guess who they might be, but I'll give you a hint, if, and you'll get it if you're a collector of their music. They made they made at least 10 albums that I know of over time, and they had, I think they got together a few years back, but one of them has since died, the co-leader, and 
on all the albums that I've ever heard by them, which was 98.9% original material, this was the one non-original song they ever did because they love Duke Ellington as much as I do and anybody who loves great music. I mean, he was black culture, if there was anybody that I can think of in music. I know some people would say, you know, Marvin Gaye or Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, so on, but Duke Ellington was probably the first. I mean, he put together his famous jazz orchestra in 1924. That's 100 years ago, and he was a pioneer in that kind of music because he wrote a lot for, you know, the black movement and so on, even in those days. So let's listen to Brad Muldoon in the meantime and a song called For No One.
that was from 1974. The album is called Pretzel Logic, and yes, that was one of your favorite groups, right? I know they certainly were one of my favorite. That was Steely Dan, head by, headed by Don F Donald Fagan, who wrote most of the material, at least lyric lyrically wise, and Walter Becker, who was on guitar. And very interesting what he, how he did that wah wah sound, trying to sort of sound like the original song from about 1926 by the Duke Ellington Orchestra, and that featured a very unique trumpet sound that was a first in its in its day. Nobody ever sounded like Bubber Miley, and he was known for that particular muted trumpet sound. And I think by now you might be interested in hearing that original song, and I will play it for you in a minute or two. But I just wanted to mention the title of the song that you just heard. It's called East St. Louis Toodaloo. And before that, you heard Brad Muldow playing a Beatles song called For No One. And for the most part, I'm playing vinyl this this day. I love to play vinyl for the most part, and I have a very extensive record collection. But when I play m new material, most of the time it's a CD, and that was the case with the Bowie song and the Beatle music that you heard thus far. If you just joined us, you're listening to Fascinating Rhythm in place of Free Range for Friday, February the 2nd of the 2024th year of this of this century. And I hope that you're enjoying some of this music, if not all of it. And very soon I'm going to be mainly playing albums that have influenced me over the years and kept me in the jazz world although from time to time I pull out some of my old rock records, like the the Guess Who, who are one of my five favorite rock bands of all time, The Beatles, Jefferson, Airplane, The Doors, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Neil Young, and The Zombies, and so on. I still love all those people. And of course, I love Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, Barbara Streisand, and Doris Day, and... Fred Astaire and many of those people too that my father used to play for me and maybe I'll even play a Bing Crosby record because he was probably my first great influence he had such an impact on me that I I thought at one time I'd love to be a singer if it was possible and maybe a composer as well but in the meantime I'm going to play the original Duke Ellington rendition of that song that you just heard East St. Louis Toodaloo it's, it's from 1926, so this is probably the first time the Ellington Orchestra was actually recording. The well, the, the, some critics think that the Fletcher Henderson Orchestra were the first great jazz ba band, but I don't think so. They were a first by, you know, simply playing as a unit, but it wasn't until Ellington came along a little while later, and not much later, within the year, that... He, could, he showed the world of what a jazz band or orchestra could sound like. And we're about to hear what it sounded like in 1926, East St. Louis Toodaloo. <laughs> Thank you. 
did you think of that? The original East St. Louis Toodaloo, which became Duke Ellington's first of three theme songs. The last one was Take the A-Train, which you probably know, but the middle one, I don't think you would have known it. It had a very strange title, something like Sepia, S-E-P-I-A. But I just love that sound of the muted trumpet, and Bubber Miley was a star in the day because of the way he sounded. He brought a great deal of prominence to the Ellington Orchestra, as did a few some of, of some of the other musicians. And Ellington was the first person to master the art of the 78 RPM. And, of course, that was the first way music was presented to the public. You know, it was made out of sh- shellac, I believe, and it was one song on each side, and it was e- easy to break if you weren't careful, unlike an, an, an LP. But, you know, the the artists, of course, were told by the engineers and producers of the recordings that you have to make your thesis within three minutes, okay? We can't give you any more time than that. That's all the time there is on this way of presenting music. And so Ellington was a genius. He was able to create masterpieces like the song you just heard within, you know, the three-minute framework and and, and to write songs for each individual member of the band was something else that was highly unique and to combine these different sounds with the soprano sax with a baritone sax and a muted trumpet and then a banjo and to have them playing often you know notes that they weren't accustomed to for example if the trombone is usually at the lower end of the scale he had them playing high and he had the clarinet or soprano sax playing low and combining those mixtures i mean the guy was an absolute incredible genius if there ever was one in music period you know and duke ellington along with billy strayhorn who was this alter eagle who came along much later on in the game he's the guy who actually wrote take the a train and many classics for the ellington orchestra i think that in my opinion they were the greatest collaboration in the history of music, period. I, and I'm a big fan of Lennon and McCartney and, and Elton John and Bernie Taupin and George and Ira Gershwin and many other collaborators. But Ellington and Strayhorn, if you love that kind of music, please check them out. In fact, a book came out a couple of years ago by Thomas Brothers called Help. And of course, that's like as in the Beatles song. And it's subtitled The Art of collaboration between Ellington and Strayhorn and Lennon and McCartney and he actually you know writes about the jazz way of of writing compared to the to the rock and roll perspective and it's very very interesting at times quite scholarly and I hope you enjoyed the contrast between the two songs one of my shows that I'm known for that I did years ago was called variations on a theme and I always maintain that there's 13 ways of looking at a blackbird, as E.E. Cummings, the famous poet, once wrote. There's different ways of looking at any piece of artwork if it's highly sophisticated and creative, okay? There's usually never one interpretation, and that certainly exists with many pieces like that. And I'll be right back with some more music. I'm going to start playing some of my very favorite albums that were very influential in my evolution.
All right. Here is, in my opinion, and of course, it's all, everything I say is debatable because it's often subjective, but I think I bring with me certain experience that, you know, and, and, and criteria that enables me to make fairly well-put-together arguments. And I think that Oscar Peterson, in my humble opinion, is the greatest musical expert ever from Canada, even greater than any rock person you can think of, or Glenn Gold from the classical world, or Gordy Lightfoot from the folk world. I think that his music was known you know, in almost every part of the world. He was revered in Russia and in, in the Scandinavian countries, in Germany, everywhere you went. And he was not only re highly respected by fellow jazz musicians and the public, but also many rock and folk and, and classical musicians have told me that I've met along the way what they thought of him. He was definitely one of a kind. He was from Montreal. And he he stayed in, in Canada all his life. I believe he ended up living in Mississauga where he died. And there's a statue of him in Ottawa, which is really nice. You should check that out if you live in Ottawa. But Oscar Peterson was an incredible piano player, and he was a fine composer. He's very famous for a 1967 piece on vinyl called The Canadiana Suite. And I usually play it every day when I do the Canada Day celebrations. I honor all Canadian composers and artists. But one thing I'll share with you very quickly. I was a, I was a, you know, a, a, a musical colleague of Burton Cummings years ago when we were in a HMS pinafore together at, that's a, a school presentation at St. John's High. And, but later on, I remember him coming back to Winnipeg from being invited by David Foster to be part of that famous collaboration of various Canadian artists trying to raise money. And the song was called Tears Are Not Enough. It followed We Are the World, but that was the American version headed by Stevie Wonder and, and Michael Jackson. And Burton sang, I think, the third or fourth part in to the song. And I remember asking him, well, what was it like to, to rub shoulders and sing with Joni Mitchell and and Brian Adams and, you know, Gordy Lightfoot and Neil Young and so on? And he said, well, the only person I really wanted to meet was Oscar Peterson, who was actually wasted in the chorus. He and Randy Bachman, you could not even hear. And it's unfortunate if I would have been David Foster, I probably would have started that song with Oscar Peterson playing the intro and maybe Backman doing a, a guitar solo somewhere in the middle. But that's just one man's opinion. Anyways, to, uh, rather Oscar Peterson was a former, formidable pianist and he's probably most famous for his trio work. After Nat King Cole, I would say that he had the greatest trio in the history of jazz and he helped to popularize American popular songbook by honoring, like Ella Fitzgerald did in the 50s and 60s, people like Irving Berlin and R Richard Rogers and Duke Ellington.
All right, now time for my very favorite jazz singer of all time. It's not exactly my favorite album, but one of them. It's an album called Very Early that Mark Murphy did with a German orchestra. And I'm cho- I've chosen a song because it's kind of timely. Apparently there's a new movie about Truman Capote and, and these women who idolized him and he had a, some kind of a special relationship with all of them until he didn't. And anyways... Not nobody, hardly anybody knows that he actually wrote a brilliant song that became a jazz classic. Harold Arlen, who is the composer, I guess didn't have his regular lyricist with him, and, and Harold Arlen is the man who wrote so many wonderful songs for the great American songbook, including all the tunes from The Wizard of Oz. And when he was desperate for a lyricist because he was commissioned to do a Broadway show, he asked Truman Capote because he found that you know the way he wrote prose that probably there was at least one song in him and sure enough there was it's a tune called a sleeping bee and here is mark murphy from several years ago in his prime he died about six years ago and i Oh, it was very sad around that time. I actually met him in Minneapolis, St. Paul, at the Dakota Bar and Grill, which was one of the top jazz bars in the States. And I hung out with him for about an hour or so. And he really wanted to come to Winnipeg, but he wasn't well known. And I I couldn't get a sponsor to bring him in. But anyways, that's another story. Oh, here he is with the sleeping bee. search is over and done catch a bee and if he don't sting you you're in a spell that's just begun it's a guarantee to the end of time your true love you have won Sleeping in the palm of your hand. Be wished and deep in love's long looked after land. Where you see a sun of sky with a morning.
what are the chances that the two recordings I just played back to back were recorded in the very same obscure year, namely 1993, and it was purely unconscious? That's fate, musical fate, if you have, if you will, rather. That was Stefan Grappelli and Martin Taylor, two of my very favorite artists over many years of listening to jazz. Stefan Grappelli, of course, the famous jazz violinist who started his career in the 30s in France with Django Reinhardt, who is one of the most influential, probably the most influential European jazz musician of all time, but certainly on guitar. He's right up there with Charlie Christian and Wes Montgomery. And when Django died, Stefan, of course, took a bit of a break, but he was looking for somebody to replace him, and he tried different people, and he finally found the man you just heard, Mark Martin Taylor, who is an immense talent. I've talked to a few guitar players along the way, including Randy Backman and Fred Turner, who are both superb guitar players, as you know, although you may not know about the latter because he generally has to take a backseat to, to Randy playing bass, but he's actually a very fine guitar player. I've heard him play. And anyways, and, and many other jazz guitar players I've met, and they all agree that Martin Taylor is in the upper echelon of guitar players in the world today, although he seems to be in a semi-retirement mode. And he's made several albums, and that was recorded at Castle Sound Studio in Scotland. And the song before with Mark Murphy and the German orchestra was recorded in Pink Noise Studios in Klickenfurt, Germany. So we were trying to get around the world at the same time in 90 minutes. My name is Ray Alexander. Thank you for joining me today here on Fascinating Rhythm slash Free Range. Michael is taking a bit of a reprieve. He's been working very hard of late and we thought we'd give him a break and I'm filling in for him and and there's a second reason for it, because my show, Fascinating Rhythm, is normally to be found and heard on Sunday mornings here on CJUM 101.5 or Channel 718 on the Bell TV network. But because of some complications uh, with electro electrical work being done on Saturday and Sunday, you might not hear some of your favorite shows being broadcast because there'll be power outages. But once again, if you like what you're hearing today, I hope you'll join me on Sunday mornings as well from 10 till noon. I've been doing it for several years now, and I play m mostly songs that have great melodies, as you've heard so far. You know, I don't play highly progressive jazz or avant-garde. It has to have a melody. And in this last half hour, I'll play another new release besides more of my favorite people who have influenced me along the way. And I'm going to mention a few things happening in Winnipeg of a jazz, jazzy nature. And if you ever have any comments, you'd like to communicate with me and find you know, some people, for, for the first time when they hear my show, they wonder, wow, I wonder if he could lead me to where I can buy records and CDs or get exposed to jazz around Winnipeg. Well, feel free to send me an email to rayalexjazz at gmail.com. And Alex is A-L-E-X. That's R-A-Y-A-L-E-X-J-A-Z-Z -Z at gmail.com. I love to hear from you people. And we'll be right back with some more music of a very special nature for me.
Alrighty, folks, let's start off the last half hour with one of my favorite, very favorite, in fact, in the top five Canadian albums that came out last year in the world of jazz. It's called Playing With Fire, and I had the great fortune to actually meet the leader of that band who was in town for a Christmas concert with CBC's Leila Bialy. It was a beautiful concert at the Fort Rouge, Fort Rouge United Church, and Jane Bonnet, Jane Bunnett or Bunnett, B-U-N-N-E-T-T, and her group, Makikik. This is a terrific album, once again, combining Cuban rhythms with jazz music, as often is the case. And my favorite song on the, on the album of 10 pieces is a tune called Bolero a un Suino. And... I think that probably Jane wrote the song. I'm just checking. I know she's she writes most of the music. Actually, that's the one piece that she didn't write. It was written by a Cuban person, Talon Marrero. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's a great piece of music, whoever wrote it, and... It was one of my five or ten favorite albums that I heard this year in Canada. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. But Jane Bonnet is a wonderful reed player. She plays tenor, alto, and, and soprano, flute. She's an incredible musician and a lovely person to meet as well. Thank you. 
Like the drip, drip, drip of the raindrops when the summer shower is through. So a voice within me keeps repeating you, you. Under the sun, whether near to me or far, it's no matter, darling, where you are. I think of you night and day. Of course, that was the most rec- one of the most recognizable singers of all time, Tony Bennett, and that's the last album he made in 2021. He was about, I think, 95 at the time, and he passed away just short of his 97th birthday of complications from dementia or Alzheimer's, whatever they called it. But it was a very sad day in the music world. He was one of the greatest ambassadors of all time, of the American popular songbook and and certainly jazz music in general. 
He loved jazz people from Duke Ellington to Count Basie, Quincy Jones, and he also loved superior musicians and singers, people like the woman you just heard with him, Lady Gaga, who he, the moment he heard her, he thought that she had the makings of a jazz singer. And she, she really does. I think she's my favorite contemporary singer in the world today. I love her voice. I've seen her do tributes to Julie Andrews and sing Charlie Chaplin's classic Smile during COVID and many other things. And she's got a marvelous voice. And I just hope that her disability that she endures from day to day doesn't cause her any major problems in the future. She's a very courageous woman and I'd love to see her come to Winnipeg one day. So that was from a couple of years ago. And the, it was a tribute album that Tony always wanted to do to one of his very favorite composers, Cole Porter. Night and Day, of course, Frank Sinatra made that very famous. And before that, you heard Jane Bonnet and Makiki from Toronto on a song called Bolero A Un Sueno. Sueno. S-U-E-N-O. Just before I play one of the people who really hooked me in jazz in the early days, who were two people, Dave Brubeck and Miles Davis, instrumentally-wise, and we're going to play Miles Davis right away with his good friend at the time, Gil Evans, who was actually from Toronto, and he moved to New York, and he made a name for himself helping Miles Davis and Jerry Mulligan to develop what they called the cool school of playing jazz, and that came right after bebop started losing its steam. And if you like, send me an email, and I'll tell you the difference between those two schools of thinking. But I think the cool school is probably my favorite form of jazz. It's more scholarly and definitely more melodic and laid back and and so on. And Miles Davis, one of the great trumpeters, certainly plays a beautiful solo here on a song called Miles Ahead that he wrote with Gil Evans, who is the arranger for some of Miles Davis' albums in the late 50s, and this goes back to 1957. And well, maybe I'll tell you what's going around town right after this piece. And we have about 14 minutes left to go here on Fascinating Rhythm coupled with Free Range. And you know what? I'd have to say I feel very much at home on the range.
wasn't that exquisite? In 1957, I don't think there was anybody. I mean, you got Duke Ellington on one side, and then you got somebody like Gil Evans and Miles Davis on the other with a gorgeous piece of music called Miles Ahead. And mixing flutes and, and trombones with tubas and French horns and trumpets and alto sax. I mean, that was very exotic in those days, I would say, and certainly pioneers. And when I first heard this sound back in the day when I was just getting into jazz, when rock music was not speaking to me anymore, I thought, wow, this is a whole world that I should have discovered much earlier in my life, and I wish that more people would be exposed to it. But that's always the problem. Often your musical soundtrack is very related to your upbringing. You know, and if your parents don't know about this, there's a good chance that you won't either unless you have a very open mind. But it depends also where you live. If you live maybe in an secluded area in the country somewhere and, you know, you don't have a chance to buy records or get exposed to books about it and so on, yeah, there's a very good chance that you will be listening to anything but jazz music. And it certainly is accessible. It's not you know, something that you should stay away from because some people think you need to be very educated like you do for classical music, but no, there, there's many, many parts of it that are very accessible and you'll love it as much as I do if you just give it a chance. Well, we have about seven minutes left to go and I just wanted to tell you about a couple of things going around in Winnipeg. As I mentioned earlier in the show, on April the 30th at Club Regent, Matt Dusk, who is a very fine jazz and pop singer, will be in town again. Last year he did a Sinatra tribute. This year it's Tony Bennett. That's probably the first thing on my list. Presently, oh, I think it started. There's a big article in Today's Free Press about Beyond the Beat. It's an exhibition at the Human Rights Gallery on Israel Asper Way, as you know, by the Forks, and it has to do with the social and political side of music over the years from the 1950s to the presently. And when I think about that, I think about people like Nina Simone and Max Roach with his wife, Abby Lincoln, who wrote a fantastic album called Freedom Now Suite. And there's many other pieces that along the way. So that's something you might want to check out. And this week in Jazz Winnipeg is having the Knappen Street Band, I believe, at the Fort Gary Hotel. Or that's actually maybe this evening, February the 2nd. So check that out. And, but, but no, it should be Sunday. It really should be Sunday, so I'm probably wrong on that. And then they have some other interesting things coming up. The Winnipeg Jazz Orchestra does too with their Brazilian part of their year. They have fundraisers and so on. So check out Jazz Winnipeg and the Winnipeg Jazz Orchestra and the Asper Jazz Series. They all have a lot to offer. Well, with about six minutes to go, I think I'm going to say goodbye now and thank Michael Alves for inviting me to to replace him for the next two weeks. I enjoyed it very much. I hope that I made some of his listeners more aware of the possibilities of improvisational music. And... I hope that you'll join me again next week. I'm going to probably be doing my, what I what would be doing on the, my usual show on Sunday mornings from 10 till noon. 
my annual Valentine's special. I'll be playing some of the most beautiful love songs of all time by different people. I hope you enjoy me for that. That's next Friday. The I guess that would be the 9th on Free Range here on CJUM 101.5 from 6.30 till 8 o'clock. So take care of my good friends and music, and we'll see you soon. I'm going to leave you with the other person who brought me into this world, Dave Brubick and his quartet, As Good As It Gets. And this is his most famous song that was written by his drummer, Joe Morello, and it's called Take Five. Just a quick interruption to tell you that the song was written by his alto saxophone player Paul Desmond, not drummer Joe Morello, but Morello I think is the star of the showcase. <laughs>